Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of December 12th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And when we look back at the week, we sort of have this overall negative sentiment that was pervasive across the week. It wasn't one of these weeks where we saw sell off early, a rally midweek, and then another big sell off into the weekend. The fact of the matter is, is the S&P 500 finished down 3.37%, which brings its year-to-date loss to 17.45%. All 11 gig sectors finished the week in the red. And it was sort of a, a mixed week in terms of the data. We had ISM services and factory orders both beat. We had consumer sentiment higher than expected, 59.1 versus 56.5. The flip side of that is that consumer credit and continuing jobless claims both showed that the market has, and the economy, I should say, has sort of challenged fundamentals. Consumer credit continues to tick up. The savings rate in this country continues to go in the opposite direction. Continuing jobless claims continue to tick higher as a result of new jobless claims going up. And I think that's reflective of the state of the consumer. And one of the reasons why there are so many people who are concerned about a recession going into 2023 and more specifically the impact of a recession on the consumer. Because remember, the housing market, which is so fundamental to the nature of the consumer market in this country, is certainly showing signs of weakness in major markets across the country. Now, the big number that seemed to weigh on the market at the end of the week was a higher than expected PPI reading, 0.3 versus 0.2. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that higher than expected inflation is is always going to weigh on this market. It has so far in 2022. Anytime you get a, a less than expected inflation print, the market seems to really like that. We had a couple of weeks ago where Chairman Powell was talking about his, the trajectory of interest rates, seemed to signal that there might be some moderation. The market really liked that. But when you see economic indicators like services, factory orders, even consumer sentiment beating that in theory is negative, even though those are positive economic indicators. And once again, we've talked about this push-pull between good economic data, bad economic data, strong inflation data, weak inflation data, hawkish Fed, dovish Fed, and what it means for investors and what it means for the growth segments of the market. But when you look at the sector profiles, of performance this week. The worst performing sector was XLE, down 8.45% for the week. Once again, as we've talked about time and time again, energy is not for the faint of heart. It has been the most volatile sector over an extended period of time, and that continues apace. We saw consumer discretionary down 4.47%, financials down roughly 4%, technology down three and a quarter percent and communication services down 4.81 percent. So anytime you have those sectors down that much, it's reflective of a very, very weak market over the course of the week. And and certainly when you look at the sectors that have held up well so far on a relative basis in 2022, they did the same thing this week. Healthcare, XLV down one and a quarter percent or so. 
Staples down 1.68%. Utilities down just 28 basis points. So there does seem to be this defensive orientation in the market from a relative positioning perspective that at the very least is on the top of investors' minds as we enter year-end. And from a flow perspective, we saw quite a bit of redemption activity this week. 18.2 million shares redeemed this week across the select sector spider lineup. More than 13 million of those shares coming out of XLF and XLE combined. That's about 900 million, just shy of a billion dollars of outflows between those two sectors. So again, week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter, net redemption and creation activity is noise in a product suite like this. But the story around financials has been one of fits and starts in terms of creation or redemption activity, in terms of relative performance. The market has a, had a difficult time positioning in financials because the expectation historically is that when interest rates rise, that's beneficial for financials companies. But when you see this type of inversion between twos and tens, it's not necessarily conducive to strong net interest margins which of course is the lifeblood of profitability growth for a lot of these banks, at least the regional banks, the big behemoth financial institutions at the top XLF. They're very diversified, but incrementally when they're able to make more money in net interest margins or the spread between borrowing short and lending long, that ultimately is challenged when it costs more to borrow short than it does to lend long. And of course, that's the the market environment that we're in. Now, the sector in focus this week is materials. And part of the reason it's the sector in focus is because it had such a strong November, best performing sector, as we talked about last week. But also, it's one of these sectors that often gets lost in the headlines because technology and communication services, consumer discretionary, even energy, they're interesting to talk about. People have opinions on them. People think about them day in and day out when energy prices are high and gasoline prices are high. You read a lot about energy. When the market is ripping, you read a lot about technology and and then those quote-unquote technology stocks that are in consumer discretionary and are in the communication services sector. Materials is, is sort of an old world sector. Materials, basic materials, in fact. And that's why the B and XLB is there. Now, going into 2023, materials is an interesting sector because it's fairly cheap relative to the market just on a valuation basis. You look at the trailing PE ratio for XLB price to cash flow, price to book, price to sales, they all screen as lower than the market and potentially undervalued on a relative valuation basis. But under the hood of basic materials isn't necessarily a sector that most people have a lot of familiarity with in terms of operations. You look at the sub-industry level of XLB and you've got 70% of the portfolio in chemicals, but various chemicals. You've got commodity chemicals. You've got fertilizers and agricultural commodity chemicals. You've got specialty chemicals companies that make up a a big portion of this sector. And so people might think basic materials, they think about coal, they think about steel, they think about aluminum, they think about really a, a commodities play. And it isn't really that because of that big chemicals exposure. And the reality is, is that you look at year-to-date performance among those various sub-industries in the material sector, and 
although the sector is down just 9% year to date, there's segments of it that have big weightings that have really dragged on the space. Specialty chemicals, for example, down 24% year to date. That's contributed seven and three quarters percent of that 9% loss so far year to date. You look at metal and glass containers, ball company, the only name in that segment of the portfolio down 42.81%. That company alone has contributed one and a third percent of the loss so far year to date. On the flip side, fertilizers and agricultural commodities companies, which are 10% of the portfolio, are up 30% year to date and contributed a positive 2.5% to year to date performance. So you think about the environment that they've been operating in in 2022. Historically, inflationary environments very good for the commodities complex. Most people associate commodities with the basic material sector. But the reality is, is that high energy prices, which is an input to a lot of the chemicals businesses, is a drag on profitability. And we've seen that reflected in performance. And certainly with energy prices at the very least pausing, if you look at WTI prices off quite a bit from their highs, now trading around $70 a barrel, in theory, that could unlock some profitability going forward, as could, in theory, a weak dollar. We have seen a very strong US dollar relative to the dollar index so far in 2022. More recently, we've seen that start to roll over about a 7% decline off of the near-term highs. And in theory, weak dollar means stronger commodity prices because most commodity prices globally are priced in dollars. You'd think at least on the energy side, that would be beneficial for energy price as well because most markets, we've seen some changes recently, price oil in dollars. But the punchline here is that if you're going into 2023, your expectations are that at the very least, we're going to sniff a recession or we're at risk of a recession and what the impact on the market may be. As we've talked about, most investors will probably go into some version of the shut index, which of course is defensives and focuses on staples, healthcare utilities, and perhaps even the telecommunication services segment of communication services. But beyond that, there is the need for investors to get some cyclicality in their portfolio. And materials does historically tend to be a somewhat cyclically sensitive sector. Because again, if you're going to be spending money on chemicals, you're going to be spending money on some of these inputs. That means in theory, you're spending money and investing in your business and you're trying to grow something, build something. And XLB is a way to play on that cyclicality, on that overall investment in construction, infrastructure, et cetera which the expectation, of course, is that we're going to get some of that in 2023 and beyond. But there is the push-pull between the nature of these companies historically, the market environment that we're in, which, of course, is somewhat unique and history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it often rhymes is what a lot of people like to say. And so just looking at the various segments of basic materials, you don't have a ton of gold exposure in there, for example. You have one holding at 4% of the portfolio. You don't have a, a ton of exposure to just outright metals and mining. So people might be thinking to themselves, well, materials might be a way to play the renewable energy transition because we're going to need lithium. We're going to need all of these various commodities, these basic materials that are going to fuel this transition. Well, it's tough to play that in a materials portfolio like XLB. And so the, the story with materials might just be that on a relative valuation basis, it screens as on a PE, PB, price to sales 
basis as a segment of the market that's not as expensive as some of these growth sectors. And if we do get a weaker dollar into 2023, as the Fed at the very least has a less aggressive policy, which means interest rate differentials between the U.S. and other countries is no longer a boon to the dollar, but perhaps a weight on the dollar, then people might start to come back into this segment, which again, on a relative performance basis has held up pretty well in 2022, even though, as we talked about, some of the business dynamics of materials have been challenged. Rising energy prices as an input cost weighing on profitability, as well as the strong dollar weighing on some of the commodities markets that these companies do engage in. Looking ahead to next week, we do have a really important data week in terms of the economic data. It is CPI week and Fed week, which isn't typical, but goes to show just how big the stakes are this week. The market tends to move on both of those and, at least in recent history, move aggressively on both of those. So when you get both of them stacked up in the same week, along with retail sales, this does, at the very least, set up to be quite a week for investors who are looking to position not just for this week and the rest of 2022, but of course, on a relative sector weighting basis and on an asset allocation basis for 2023. And this CPI print, this Fed meeting will go a long way toward setting the tone for the rest of the year because it wasn't that long ago that it was just baked in that we were going to get 75 basis points from Powell and company. And more recently, the odds have started to shift toward a 50 basis point increase, which we'll see what the market reads through on Mr. Powell's statements, as well as on a CPI print, strong or weak, but once again, a, a very important week economically. On the earnings front, we really don't have much. We're at the end of earnings season, so not much to talk about there. We'll be rolling into another earnings season soon. These things seem to be rolling every week, so... With that, I'd like to thank everyone for taking the time to listen. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. This has been the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of December 12th, 2022. Have a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next time.